just crawled out from under Plymouth Rock. <laughs> Your Nana Mary just came in, and she's brought a special guest. It's her new husband. <laughs> this may turn out to be the worst holiday ever. <laughs> she got married? Yes! Your Nana Mary has finally found the man she wishes to spend the rest of her life with. Well, that's a big step. I mean, at her age, that's at least a three-year commitment. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Hey, anybody want to base this old bird with any booze you got around hand? Well, uh, who's the looker? <laughs> this is Joe. That's all she tell me. Just Joe. Hey, Joe, what do you know? <laughs> now, he doesn't hear very well, Rosie, but that's the price you pay for defending your country against the Kaiser. <laughs> so, uh, does he do anything? Well, what he's gonna do right now is take a leak. <laughs> uh, it was a very long, long trip. Thank yeah. you. Thanksgiving at your house, Roseanne. It's right down the hall. Zoom, look at him go. <laughs> or should I just call you Mrs. Joe? Hey, Roseanne, isn't there a phone call you wanted to make before it gets too late? Oh, yeah. You know, the holidays are the busiest time for us phone sex gals. <laughs> well, Mary, you look great. Marriage must really agree with you, kiddo. Thank you, Dan. My complexion cleared up as soon as Joey and I started doing it. Oh, mother! Shut up, Beverly. I was hoping that it would bring back his hearing. Instead, he went blind in one eye. That'll happen. Excuse me, lady. I love Thanksgiving. The whole family pitching in on the meal and pretending Mother hasn't made a horrible mistake with her life. Um, come on, Joe's been a big help. He snapped three beans. <laughs> Why? Why him, Mother? Why is this old man my daddy? Hey, everybody, dinner's ready. Ah! You're forgetting who's there. <laughs> Roseanne, Dan, you want to serve? I'll take this out to Joe. Oh, isn't he going to join us for dinner? After all, it might be his last Thanksgiving. Listen, he's quite all right just where he is. He's got his bell in case he starts to choke. <laughs> Sweetie, don't eat too much. Leave room for your medications. <laughs> What's the matter, baby? Perhaps he's choking and he can't find his bell. Shut up. No, you shut up. Everybody shut up and eat the dinner. Hey folks, this is the American Lineage Michael Miller and welcome to Remember the Class of 1998, episode 32. Um, I hope you guys are having a good weekend so far. I uh, hope your week was good. Of course, we're heading to Thanksgiving now, and hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving coming up, and hopefully the holiday season doesn't drag you down, because, you know, hopefully you can enjoy the last days of the sanity before Thanksgiving starts up, and hopefully, you know, Black Friday doesn't drain the uh, hell out of you energy-wise. 
Uh, but you know what? Enough of me talking about turkey and the trimmings and, you know, gathering the family. Uh, let's get into our 10 song block, folks, because that's what you come here for for the first segment. And our first song of this block is a brand new number one. It went number one in the Billboard charts in middle of December 1994. Uh, it was from the movie You're Ready to Wear, but this movie uh, did not do Dilly Squat, but the song did. So, um,. The song was number one for two weeks, and wrong enough, it knocked Boys to Men off, and wrongly enough, Boys to Men would knock it off again, but that's how it goes in the world of popular music. Uh, the song was number two in the R&B charts, top 30 dance club hit, to our neighbors in the north in Canada, it was top 20, number one on their dance charts, also number one hit in Denmark and New Zealand, number two in Australia, Finland, France, and Spain. Top 3 in Belgium and Ireland. Top 5 in Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, UK. So top 10 in Austria and Germany. And top 20 in Netherlands. All the while, this was an international hit. And the song is, Here Comes the Hot Step uh, by Eni Kamoz. And Eni's probably, I would say, the first Jamaican to have a number one hit in the United States. As far as I know. So he did something that even Bob Marley couldn't have done in this time. So... We're starting off this block with the classic number one hint. Here comes the hot step of doo You know what I'm seeing, Chico? By Eni Camos. Only here I remember the class of 1998. Booyah! Alright, we're just getting done with that 10 song block here and remember the class of 1998. Of course, you guys first heard Here Comes the Hot Steppa by Amy Camones. And then we heard a classic one from Coolio, Gangster's Paradise, with a little help from LV. And then Gloria Stefan peaks once again at number 13 in the middle of December 1994 with her version of Turn the Beat Around. And then we heard from Sting around the same time with his top 40 hit, When We Dance. Um, also was a top 10 in his native UK and top 10 in Ireland. Uh, top 40 in Netherlands, uh, top 50 in Switzerland, and top 60 in Germany. And then we heard a classic one from CL, Kiss from a Rose. And then we heard from John Melkamp with Dance Naked. And um, classic one from Melkamp, of course. Uh, top 50 in the pop charts in the middle of December of 1994. Top 30 mainstream rock. Uh, top 40 AC charts. Uh, did a lot better in Canada. That's probably the reason why I remember hearing a lot in radio. Uh, it was top 10 in Canada and top 80 in Australia. And then we heard from Urge Overkill from the Paul Fiction soundtrack with their version of Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Uh, it was top 60 in the same week, middle of December 1994. Top 20 in Alternative Hit. Top 20 in New Zealand. Top 30 in Australia. And then Steve Perry, uh, one of his rare solo tracks from the mid-90s um, called Missing You. It was a top 80 hit in middle of December 1994, and uh, it was top 30 on the AC charts. And then we heard the murmurs with You Suck uh, debuted at number 89, uh, and would go no higher than that. So it was a top 90 hit in December 1994. Uh, it's actually their signature tune, it's their number one song on Spotify right now. Top 30 alternative hit, but believe it or not, that song went number one in Norway. So they must have uh, did a pretty well tour in Norway off that song. 
and uh, it was top 30 in Australia. And then we heard the classic one from No Doubt, Just a Girl. And now we're going to get into our lovely news segment. Alright, in our news segment today, we're looking back at December 10th, 1994, uh, when the Nobel Prizes were given out. And of course, the big one is the Peace Prize. And in that year, it went to uh, Yasser Arafat, uh, Shimon Perez, and Yeshaf Rabin. Um, for efforts to create peace in the Middle East, um, of course, um, basically goes back to you know, the year before at the White House for the signing of the uh, Oslo Accords, which uh, created the Palestinian National Authority. We have the Palestinians to uh, self-rule around the West Bank and um, the Gaza Strip. And both Rabin and Arafat you know, wanted to have a decent relationship between the two factions fortunately uh it's gone a little bit south these days but you know we have to think Rabin and Arafat at least trying to uh, you know get a peace going between you know the Israelites and the Palestinians so pretty much that's it you know peace and harmony brothers and sisters I guess uh so that's our new segment today and um well after this we're gonna get into our top album All right, we're back, and now we're getting to our top album segment here, and the album we're looking at today is called Ain't Life Grand by Widespread Panic, uh, debuted in the last week of September 1994 at 85, wouldn't go no higher than that, so it's a top 90 album, it was their fourth album, and their first release by Capricorn and Warner Brothers Records, and well, let's see, our first song is the title track called Ain't Life Grand, so here's Ain't Life Grand by widespread panic off the Ain't Life Grand album. Only here I remember class of 1998. Alright, we're just getting done with our top album segment. Of course, we heard from the album Ain't Life Grand by widespread panic. And of course, the first song was the title track. And then we heard their song Airplane. And then we heard... Uh, Can't Get High, which was a Blood uh, Kin uh, song, I think it was. Uh, in the original group that did it, but um, Widespread Panic uh, had their version off this album. It was a top 40 mainstream rock hit. And then we heard Raise the Roof. And then the last song off the album we heard is uh, Jack. And now, let's see, I got my batteries and got a new remote control, so let's get to our TV segment. Alright, our TV segment today, we're looking back on the fall schedule on Tuesday nights and in ABC here at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock slot. And the show that obviously was on that slot was a top tenner. It's the one only NYPD Blue in its second season and premiered on October 11th, 1994. Uh, looking at the first half of the season, of course, uh, eight episodes and... Well, I never got to watch you know, YPD Blue that much because obviously it was on later in that night and, you know, I couldn't really stay up that late still. 
Of course, I knew about the show. I've seen the you know the stars and show and other stuff. And of course, the whole controversy about it was cutting edge TV with some personality and you know swearing and all that crap. But overall, you know, obviously it was on for over a decade, so it was a pretty good show for ABC. Uh, let's run down through the people who started in it. Um, David Caruso was in the first four episodes before he decided to leave and go for a movie career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. It's a killer. Ah! All right. I don't have the CSI stuff, so sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> Dave Crusoe played John Kelly. Uh, Dennis Franz played his partner, Annie Sipkowitz. Uh, James McDaniel played Captain Arthur Fancy. And Amy Brenneman was in a couple of first episodes um, involved uh, with Dave Crusoe's character. Uh, her character was a detective on trial named uh, Janice or Janice. Uh, uh, uh I hope I pronounced the name right. Um, Nicholas Teruno, uh, who I've seen a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, played, uh, James Martinez. Uh, he actually, I think they played that character later on in episode of Drew Carey Show, but that's another episode for the time being. Uh, Sharon Lawrence, who... I remember one scene I watched NYPD Blue, or, you know, I saw a brief shot of her ass. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Lawrence. Uh, played Sylvia Costas, who at the time was off and on girlfriend with uh, Dennis Franz's character, uh, Annie Sipowitz. Uh Gordon Clapp, like Gregory um, uh, Mananoni, I think. Uh, we might write in here. And he had Gail Grady on the show. And, and then when David Crusoe left, Jimmy Smith came in as Bobby Simone and became uh, Dennis Franz's partner. Uh, through most of the whole show's run. And then he had uh, Justine Mitchell in the show, and then Kim Delaney came in as Diane Russell in the second season, but off and on. I think she would go full-time in the third season. Um, basically, what I've read, pretty much, you know, you know, you know what I've seen from the show, it's like, it's like a really out-there, edgy cop, Slash maybe so proper kind of show, and like I said before, I would love to watch NYPD Blue one of these days and see the whole show through because I never got to see. See, that's another thing too. I I, I noticed about NYPD Blue, as far as my recollection, unless some some it's uh, different in some markets here, but um, I've never seen reruns of the show on syndication. Um, as, as far as my knowledge, it hasn't, but. Uh, right now, as far as I know, it's on Hulu and Amazon Prime. So if you want to watch the whole entire series, they're on both of those uh, internet networks. So anyways, uh, that was my, I guess, my view of looking at NYPD Blue. It was a show I knew about, but unfortunately I never got to watch at this point because it was past my bedtime. Alright, after this, we're going to get some more... Uh, Outside the box songs here on Remember Class of 1998. Well, we're diving into another bunch of songs here on Remember Class of 1998. And of course, I'm your host, the American Lineage, Michael Miller. And our first song here was originally released in October 1994. Uh, it was cover of a, I believe, a Pete Rodriguez song that came out in 1967. Um, it was off a movie 
um, I believe the same title called I Like It Like That. Um, the group was called the Blackout All-Stars, which is an all-star uh, bunch of guys in R&B and Latin music industry. Um, song really didn't make much headway in 1994, but two years later, Burger King used it for a commercial and, and just exploded. And I'll probably be replaying the song again and talking more about that in a future episode. But we're looking back at its original release in October 1994 off the soundtrack of I Like It Like That. So here's the song, I Like It Like That, by the Black Out All-Stars. Only here, I remember the class of 1998. Alrighty then, oh boy, cringe time, um, that was, you know, five songs here in our third segment on, uh, Remember the Class of 1998, uh, first heard from the Blackout All-Stars with I Like It Like That, and then we heard from the classic, uh, duo, Erasure, uh, with I Love Saturday, uh, it was Top 20 Dance Club hit here in the United States, uh, Top 20 in the Navy UK, uh, top 40 in Sweden and top 70 in Germany. And then we heard, speaking of Germany, we heard another Euro dance group, Pharaoh, with I Show You Secrets. Uh, top three uh, hit in Finland, top five in Austria, in Germany, Israel, and Switzerland, and top 20 in Sweden, uh, top 50 in Belgium. Um, didn't make much of a mark in UK in top 90, and it hit the dance clubs in Canada. Because it was a top 10 uh, Canadian dance hit. And then, of course, speaking of Euro, we heard an, you know, our classic stable song, uh, Real McCoy's uh, Another Night. And then, boy, when I say a lot of times I'll be playing crap that I dislike and I cringe, I mean it. And the last song was definitely it. And, of course, a lot of people who graduated with me are thinking, um, no way this group was around when we were in high school true they were not in the United States um of course the last song we heard is Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC um apparently I read up on NSYNC apparently they were uh touring in Europe before their manager the same guy who created the Backstreet Boys um um before they came you know officially released in the United States, they were torn in Europe, and these songs were actually released over in Europe first, and game hits in Europe, so I was thinking, well, and it explains why they looked really young in those videos, and by the time they got released nearly two years later in the United States, why, you know, they looked a little bit older in those videos, because they, you know, because the beginning of the TRL, they may look like, oh, those videos came out yesterday, no, they came out two years ago, man. You know, they fooled the American public, I tell you that much, but, um, yeah, uh, I was shocked to see this song actually did come out in, uh, in the high school years, but thank God they weren't played here in the United States at that time, because if NSYNC was really around here in the States when I was going to high school, oh, man, I would have been, like, done. You know, it was bad enough Backstreet Boys came out, like, you know, towards, you know, junior and senior in high school, and they were just rising Thanks, Spice Girls. Um, I said for to me, I think pop music died really when the Macarena came out. But the whole 
manufacturing band scene. Ugh. Killed music, man. I'm sorry it did. So, yeah, that was the last song, uh, Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC. And it was a hit in Europe at the time, not here in the States. We went to high school. Just want to point that out. What's wrong with you Germans? <laughs> They're European countries. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, theater's opening up now. I want to get everything ready to go here. So we're going to get into our movie segment. movie segment today we're going back to the land of down under if we don't run into any dingoes um and this movie does not star yahoo serious um the movie's called country life which was released on october 27th 1994 had a limited release in the united states uh cisco and Eber gave it two thumbs up um it was directed by michael blakemore lbe uh he also starred in the film he was uh, his character was Alexander uh, Vlasi, who left his daughter Sally to go to London um, from Australia to be a writing critic. And he ended up marrying a younger woman named Deborah, uh, played by Greta uh, Sachi. And of course, the big star in the film is Sam Neill, who plays Dr. Max uh, Ashy. And of course, we all know Sam from Jurassic Park or. You know, the hardcore fans from The Omen 3, you know. I feel you, Nazarene! <laughs> and uh, John Harrograce plays uh, Jack Dickens, who's the um, brother-in-law to Alexander, who takes care of his daughter, Sally, um, played by Carrie Fox. Um, pretty much this takes place right after War One, the movie. And it's adapted from the play from uh, Anton Chekhov called Uncle Vinya. Um, it's just going to give you two thumbs up. And I've seen like, one clip of it. It seems to be a reasonable film. It's just one of those films that didn't do much in the United States, obviously, because it's from Australia. Um, but I would imagine it did pretty well over there in Australia when you got Sam Neill um, starring in your film. A Kiwi. Uh, there's a Kiwi star in our film, honey. <laughs> okay, that was an Australian accent. That was plain American. So, pretty much, uh, there's so much I can say about this film. I haven't really seen it yet. Myself, um, I don't know if it's even on Google Play or not, or any other markets uh, or internet sources at this point. But, anyway, that's our movie for the week, Country Life, from the lovely country of australia also a continent folks and after this we're gonna get into some well some interesting tracks from some albums and some tracks we you might know see you then all right now we're getting to another segment of Songs here at Remember Class 1998. Uh, this one's from Girls Against Boys, and it's off their Cruise Yourself album. And rocking enough, this track is also from the Clerk soundtrack, which I mentioned, you know, last week in the movie segment. And um, did not know this song even had a video featuring the 
clips from the movie Clerks. And it's on the uh, podcast Facebook page. Remember Class 1998. You guys want to check that out. And, well, let's get started. So this is Girls Against Boys with Kill the Sex Player uh, off the Cruise Yourself album. Only here on Remember Class of 1998. Just another day in the Northeast, folks. Uh, first song we're hearing in this block was Girls Against Boys with Kill the Sex Player off the their Cruise Yourself album. Also, it's off the Clerk soundtrack. Uh, and then we heard Fun Loving Criminals with their signature song, uh, Scooby Snacks, kind of a tribute to you know, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, you know, the classic Tarantino films. And then we heard a classic one from Skilo, I Wish. And then we kind of went to the jazz ambling uh, era or genre of music um, from Bill Laskell and Tashush Anunyu from Japan. Uh, Bill's course from the United States. They did an album called uh, Cinematic Scan and the track we played off is called Monochronic Existence Part 1. And then we heard from the Tragically Hip again and highlight their album here that came out our freshman year, Day for Night. Uh, number one in, uh, album Canada, of course. No surprise. Uh, it made some headway in Netherlands. Top 70 there. Uh, the track I played off this album was the last single release from the album called Thugs. It was a top uh, 90 in Canada. So Thugs didn't make much headway in uh, on the Canadian pop charts. Well, folks. It's about that time. Um, the bell's about to ring. And hopefully Vince McMahon will shut the hell up. It's time for our pro wrestling segment, brother. All right, in our pro wrestling spotlight today, we're looking back at the classic tag team um, throughout the you know, late 60s into the mid 80s. Uh, they were known as the Sheep Herders. And once they came to the WWF, Vince McMahon changed the name to the Bushwhackers. That's right, I'm talking about Cousin Butch and Cousin Luke from New Zealand. And they were still to, in the WWF in 1994 uh, in the fall. And they did an off gig for Pro Wrestling Federation in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, later in the fall. 
Um, pretty much, you know, Butch and Luke. Uh, of course, the future WWE Hall of Famers um, uh, wrestled against Well Done at this point. Uh, team comprised of Stephen Dunn and Timothy Well, which pretty much, if you really look back at it, they're pretty much a jobber tag team. I mean, pretty much. And the Bushwhackers wrestled them in a lot of house shows in the fall of 94. The first one uh, got here on the list was September 29th, 1994 in Providence, Rhode Island. It would wrestle them in Pittsburgh, um, Niagara Falls, New York, which is the American side, of course, Auburn Hills, Michigan, Tampa, Sunrise, Florida, Baltimore, Maryland, Landover, Maryland, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, and then they wrestled in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, um, Toronto, Ontario, of course, and ironically enough, um, sometimes this happens in house shows, on October 27th, 1994, uh, the Bushwhackers lost to Well Done in Brandon, Manitoba, Canada, so actually Well Done got a victory over the Bushwhackers at a house show in the WF in uh, Brandon, Manitoba. And then they would wrestle them again in, you know, house shows in Columbus, Ohio, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, in a dark match on Monday Night Raw in Butchkill, Pennsylvania at the Fernwood Resort and Country Club. And then the next day they did a team for WF Superstars. I'm um, not quite who they faced. They don't have that recorded apparently. I would have to try to find that out uh, eventually. Uh, it, but they did a taping for WF Challenge in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania the next day on November 9th, which they won a match over Ray Hudson in the Brooklyn Brawler at the Stapler Arena. And then they went on doing more house shows against, uh, Well Done. They faced him in, oh, jeez, we're talking about here, uh, Boston, Massachusetts, Springfield, Massachusetts, Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Madison Square Garden, the same night that Diesel beat Bob Backlund for the uh, WWF World Title. And was it was 8 seconds. And and then on November 28th, they were on Money Night Raw in Poughkeepsie at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Which, once again, they beat well done in about lower, uh, less than 6 minutes. <laughs> and then, uh, the goodness of his heart, Vince McMahon let them be in the first or quarter around uh, for the tournament of the uh, WF World Tag Team titles at the time. Of course, Shawn Michaels left Kevin Nash high and dry and the belts became vacant. And so, I mentioned this before when I had the Heavenly Bodies um, uh, in the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. They lost the Heavenly Bodies in this round. And I believe this was also in Poughkeepsie in the same arena they had in the Monday Night Raw before. And then uh, December 2nd, they wrestled a house show in Nuremberg, Germany. He went over Barry Horowitz and Timothy Well. And I turn my page here. Uh, and they won another house show in Tel Aviv, Israel against uh, Barry Horowitz and Timothy uh, Well. And then again in December 6th in Sheffield, England. And again in December 7th in Berlin, Germany. And then December 10th, uh, they came back to the States to. Do a two-night gig uh, for the PWF uh, County Fair event. Um, uh, it was an afternoon and evening show to which they won both matches over Austin Steele and Terry Austin. And then the uh, Monday Night Raw episode that came out on December 12th, Howard Finkel was kind of like their manager. 
Uh, there's a couple of clips on YouTube that WWE put out where Finkel's eating sardines with him because you know ever the Bushwhackers are eating sardines all the time. They have the bad breath, you know, and they lick you and stuff. Oh, there's another um, video too on YouTube on when they were on Superstars. They licked Jerry Lawler's face, and Lawler was like freaking out. And of course, Vince McMahon did that fake laugh. It's like, <laughs> you know, that stupid laugh Vince McMahon did back in the day. Oh God. Anyway, uh, of course, guess who they won over again? Well done! And this um, Raw was held in a high school in Liberty, New York. And uh, the high school is Liberty Central High School. You imagine the high school saying, yeah, we had a WWE Raw taped here in 1994. <laughs> um, pretty much the last matches uh, were house shows for them in, in uh, fall 94 or beginning of the winter 94 with the year ending. They did one against Well Done Again in Franklin, Pennsylvania, which they won. And December 30th, 1994, Allentown, Pennsylvania, they won a house show over Barry Horowitz and Timothy Wells. So, um, pretty much the Bushwhackers were on TV here and there, and they were doing house shows at this point in the fall of uh, 94. Still a lovable uh, tag team. Everybody, every kid still loved them. You know, they're great guys, and well-deserved in the Hall of Fame. And... Much more you can say about the Bushwhackers at this point. Yay! Whoa! All right. <laughs> Bushwhackers um, impression there. Um, all right. After this, guys, we're getting to my picks of the week.
Alright folks, we're getting close to the end of the show here, and of course it's my picks of the week, and the uh, first song of my picks is from Eve 6, our song Inside Out, or most of the world would known as Rendezvous and I'm Through With You, and so let's the show begin here on Remember Class of 1998, haha. <laughs> Alright, we're just getting done with my picks of the week. Uh, we first heard from E6 with Inside Out, and then Blues Traveler with Hook, and then Days of New, who I saw open for Metallica back in July of 1998, and Daring Lake, uh, New York, their amphitheater before it came up Six Flags, but the downtown. And then we heard from Fatboy Slim, which was one of his first big ones here in the United States. Um, it was released in uh, within weeks before we graduated in the UK, but it was officially released in the States when we were in college, because I definitely remember dancing that one in the clubs right about now. <laughs> and then we heard from Smash Mouth a song I completely, I, you know, completely forgot that they um, did. And it actually was a cover of a Four Seasons song. And of course, um, I love this version by them, and you know, can't get enough of you, baby. And this version, actually, I think was used in, uh, I believe, a Twix commercial, like, later on, though. But, yeah, another great cover from Smash Mouth, made of their own song. And, um, well, guys, that's it. Um, uh, episode 32 is in the books. Uh, I'd like to thank Anchor once again for letting me do the show. Also, Apple iTunes and every other podcast provider that, um, you guys hear me from. Um, if you want to hear the full show, please listen to Anchor and Apple iTunes. Uh, hope you guys have a good week, uh, good Thanksgiving, and don't let Black Friday, as I said before, uh, drag you down, and, and God bless y'all, and, you know, hopefully peace and harmony in the last, uh, weeks of the year for us on planet Earth, and be good to each other, and also give a big shout out for birthdays today, a happy 90th birthday to the one and the only Mickey Mouse, who, um, first official cartoon Steamboat Willie premiered 90 years ago uh, today in 1928 so happy birthday Mickey <laughs> you know I'm a Donald Duck fan uh, <laughs> alright I'll see you guys next time around peace